everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Big Inside Out Adventures. Yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders. My friends call me Jay. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here today and bring you part two of my interview and just fun conversation with Cindy Weber. We ended last time, we really thought this was going to take an hour. And as we got going, we realized that we needed a lot more time. And so this is why we get to bring you part two. After our initial interview in part one, Cindy and I spoke for probably another 10 or 15 minutes. And I wish we'd had that recorded because we talked about some really beautiful things that were really just, what would you call it? Totally conversational. It was real. They were a deeper dive because I felt safer and there was no more um, concern for others. It was just you and I. Right. And so as we talked in this deeper dive moment, we talked about my apprehension in bringing this particular topic to my podcast and Mm -hmm. to the audience and, and just about how this is part of the Living Courageously Exposed platform is giving voice to people's stories. It's about helping us understand not only ourselves, but the people who are in our lives or who cross our paths and learning how to really see them as people, to really get close. I call them tag-along moments Mm -hmm. where we have these touch-and-goes with people to ask questions, to become more clear about who they are or what they practice and why they live the way they do. Um, And I would almost even say it's, finding the commonalities rather than the space between because everybody can identify and agree with something I say and there'll be things they disagree with and we're not needing agreement yeah yeah that's so beautiful thank you for adding that and so in this month's uh let's see the December December edition of experiencing life December 2018 there's an article by Bill Weir and he says I want people to be curious about strangers because the more you understand that stranger's story the more strangers become enlightening rather than threatening. And Mm. that is the basic premise of living courageously exposed. It's how I am choosing to live my life. It stretches me. It's taking me to places that I never knew that I would be in. And to be able to see this grander picture of my community, of my, you know, of the world itself, but even greater than that, my own life. And the stories that I have told myself, and the boundaries that I've kept myself inside and learning to go outside of those and find the beauty there. With that, we have some really awesome stuff for you. Cindy, before we start, anything you want to say? I just love that you said the term threatening because I think that's the overarching theme of all of this. There's me over here sharing my story, feeling threatened and judged. There's other people listening that are concerned that they couldn't fit my story into their world or their life or their view because it threatens them too much. And I really see that as a profound underlying foundation for almost everything that we're able to embrace or the ones that we resist. Threatening, whether or not we feel safe enough to let it in and learn more. And we want to acknowledge that we get it. We understand it. We we live it too. Yeah. Um, In our original conversation, I told you that probably the reason, even a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to have this conversation with you in a very open fashion. Yeah. But really with me coming to terms with my own sexuality and owning the fact that I get the experience of being gay and and learning to see all of the blessings that actually brings to my life and the joy that I can live in this experience, 
has actually opened me up to being able to have this conversation with you. And for that, I'm really I'm kind of proud of myself for being willing to stretch and to help shed light. Like, I want to be understood. Mm-hmm. I would much rather have somebody come ask me questions and try and show a genuine interest and understanding than to stand back and judge me because they don't know who I am. They just have the beliefs. Yeah. So that's my hope with you today. Yeah. I did this really bold thing and I put it out on Facebook and I asked some of my friends and we have some amazing questions for you today. So I love it. This? I am so ready and I have my tea and I'm trying to be in my little bubble of safety and just be open to share. Knowing full well, I'm going to land the way I land on whoever's listening and they're going to choose and they have every right to choose how they need to embrace this message. And I welcome all of it. I love it. So I have my tea and my cocoa here as well. And we just want to invite the listener to this safe space and to have an open heart and an open mind and to help create this place where we can shed enlightenment and take out the stranger effect and become friends. Mm -hmm. So let's get into this. So I always knew the people who live the lifestyle as swingers. Um, and so will you just shed a little bit of light on that, the different terminologies? What is someone who's in the lifestyle? You know, what is that? And what is swinging in just general yeah. term? General term, um, I throw that term out the window. It's too gross. It's too connotative. Yes. It stirs up too much negativity. So consensual non-monogamy is the larger umbrella that I lean towards as a title. And that deems it a conversation. It deems it an agreement. There's no free for all in that. There's no people are in the dog pile and not having a say. There's clarity and there's intention. And it's not going along with things because your partner wants to, which is another misconception. Um, It really is an honorable, I would say honorable opportunity to bring all desires to the table so that you and your partner can actually learn more about what's going on for them. What turns them on? What's lighting lighting them up? What's freaking them out? Where are they walled? Where don't they feel safe? It really isn't about doing things that are crazy and over the top and just like sexually wild and uninhibited. It's a discovery process and a journey. So I'd like to use the word consensual and Your last statement kind of leads me to another question that we have here that is, I've heard that swinging is portrayed as a sex free for all and a smorgasbord. Yeah. How do you address that? I believe that for some people, maybe they view it that way. For some people, they're in it because they want notches on the bedpost and they're just pounding through different partners and not really being just more surfacey floating through. And um, that's not been my experience and that's not a vibe that I resonate with. So it's not something I tap into and seek out. It actually turns me off. I have another question in regards to that is, in my understanding, the community or the communities are pretty, um, I don't know if I want to say pretty selective, but they are selective about who comes in. There's some guidelines or rules about single men, single women, so that that it is a protective space from those who want to just come in and have notches on the bedpost. And what do you have to say to that? Well, I would say that everybody owns their their path. Everyone's on their own path. And you're either invited to everything because you flow with the majority or you're kind of exited and not invited back because you don't fit with the masses. And 
everyone is free to find their own, you know, pockets within the community that work for them. And it takes something to find your groove and to find your people and to find your tribe. Because it's not that everybody is just low bar, no, no standards and on the same wavelength because we're human. We're all very unique in our desires and what we want to create. Right. So yeah. if I'm hearing you correctly, even within lifestyle communities or groups, in my understanding of what I'm learning that there are different communities based in, in the vicinities that you live or the space that each of these has a different, that they're not all the same. Each has different set of, of rules and guidelines and a divide. Is that true? It's so accurate. It's, and we've traveled different parts of the world to get a sense of um, the openness of Europe, let's say, and how common it is over there. And everyone that you meet sort of been to these clubs once or twice in their life just to check it out. And then there's pockets of North America that um, it is very hush hush. It's very under the radar. It is a secret society. Nobody talks about it. And I do laugh and I'll bring it up. I know one of the questions is about the flamingos. Right. And yeah, how let's, we let's just go there right now. So one of the questions was, is it true that um, this person had heard that swingers, can we just call them that? Or which, For sure what, we can. Okay. That they put gnomes or flamingos in the yard to let other people know that that's what they are in the secret society. <laughs> in the secret society. So I've heard too many trinkets deemed the icon, if you will, okay. to make that like a plausible thing. Maybe if you live in a pocket somewhere where... I mean, here's the thing. How many people can go out and get a gnome and not know that they're identifying with a certain pocket of people? And then... And I would have totally put them in my yard and not had any idea that exactly. that, that could have been what's going on. Exactly. So I would probably say that's a bit of a falsehood, but it's super funny to imagine that people are out there um, attempting to reach their people and their tribe and other people are doing it and not knowing. <laughs> I'm laughing because... A few years back when my youngest, who is 20, she's 20 now, was in like eighth grade. She was trying to raise some money to go on like a American Heritage Tour. And she bought like 50 or 100 flamingos and we would go put them in people's yards as a fundraiser. And, you know. and I thought, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is the innocence of it. It could be misconstrued more than it would be picked up on as, yes, I found my people. Right. That being said, though, in our website, we actually have started... Um, in the last few years selling a lifestyle ring and that's a black ring worn on the left hand right on the right hand the opposite of marriage right. <laughs> and what I've heard too is it depends on the finger on how you identify but that again because everybody's got a different view of that you really need to check in and say is that a flamingo on your yard because you're trying to meet people or do you just like flamingos is that a black ring on your middle finger because you're polyamorous or you know, is, is that just a black ring on your finger? So there still needs to be a check-in to say, okay, so you're under this category in my understanding, is that your understanding as well? <laughs> I love Can we it. get agreement on that? <laughs> it's, again, it's that curiosity and open communication. Like, well, and not making assumptions because right. even in the lifestyle, there's so many dynamics and specifics. It's even when you think, you know, you don't. And it has to be chosen moment to moment to moment to moment. Because right. we're constantly evolving. I love that. Constantly <laughs> evolving. Just like all of us. Yes. It's easy to make assumptions. Even in my case, I hated it when people would come to me and they'd say, hey, I wouldn't know you were gay. And I'm like, how in the hell did you know I was gay? I didn't even know I was gay. Right. And I thought, what about me said that? And at that point, I had really long hair. 
And yeah. I've always been a tomboy. I have a muscle body athlete, but I'm like, that does not mean gay. <laughs> so uh, the making the assumptions thing has, has got to stop. Well, and we're going to continue to do it because we have to put things into compartments to move along at the fast right. pace we like to think through things. That's but true. we also have to see what, what that's costing us. So I like that. What it's yeah. costing us. What, yeah. are, what are those assumptions costing? Okay, so let's see. You use the term polyamorous. Just mm-hmm. for those, the person listening who may not know what that is, because it took me a long time until just recently to know what that is, will you, will you just define that? In a nutshell, I would say, on top of sexual relationships, there's an emotional attachment. So that would be the loosest term I'm going to generalize because, again, that's a personal identification. And those that identify in the polyamorous world, they all have their sectors and their specifics and what that means to them. So, again, no no assumptions past that point. Um, really check in with the person and say, what's life like for you? <laughs> Awesome. What do you need me to know before we move ahead, right? Of If it's somebody of importance. I love, it. I love it. Thank you. Okay, so let's go to the next one. This question actually has a really broad answer, and maybe that's just the answer that has a broad answer, but why do people choose to swim? Many, many, many different reasons. And everyone's got their reason for coming in. Maybe you've been coerced by your partner. Maybe it's something that you've always desired. Maybe it's something you've heard about and you're hoping it'll be a band-aid to fix something. There's a multitude of reasons why people choose the path. My hope is that while on their journey, they find to do it the best way for them. And that when they do come, come up against bumps in the road or they go through something messy, that it actually pulls them together and gains strength within the relationship or they learn something, discover something new about their own self. And they take from that a power and a sense of moving ahead with more ability to handle things. I have seen it go the other way where it disrupts a marriage or it um, it's something that shines a light on a mess that needed to explode rather than become smoothed over. Right. So I think that's a, a good segue into a couple of these other questions. We had a, a gal who's a counselor who wrote in, and ask these couple of questions here. What do you see as the benefits of living life as a swinger and how does it benefit your partners? Yeah, for me personally, um, I think it opens up transparency and it gives a platform of communication that otherwise wouldn't be accessible. So it's almost like if you and your partner jog together and now you're getting healthy because that's just part of who you are and that's your focus. So you plug things into your week that propel your desire to be healthy and you jog together, right? Same, same thing. And I know that's a ridiculous example, but with transparency being a commitment, sharing is easier. So desires get brought up because we're actually intentionally bringing them up. We're having the hard conversations. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to wrap my head around like exactly what you're saying here. And so when you're talking about the transparency, and that sharing becomes easier. Am I, am I hearing you say that by choosing to live, like is it easier because there's other people involved and we're not always comfortable with talking to our spouses? And so finding someone that we are comfortable to talking with then makes it easier for us to talk with our spouses. Am I understanding that correctly? Both, I would say both. I mean, not everybody is comfortable talking to other people, but if they hear, if they're at an event or whatever that, um, 
they're not alone in the struggles they're having. Maybe they overhear conversations about that, or um, they are having the conversations outside that offer the inspiration to come back and have that courageous conversation. Okay. Yeah. And I think too, it's, you go through enough bumps in the road that you have to learn how to smooth. Like, I'm not going to say this is an easy route. I'm going to say that for me, it made sense because I had been cheated on prior to my marriage. And I came into this relationship knowing that I didn't want things to be hidden from me. I was actually coming from a super curious space of, I just want to know what you think about the world around us. I'm not segregating you to only see me. I really want you to keep your heart open and just share with me what you're experiencing and loving about life. And that's how it sort of played out and unraveled was this curiosity of other people and other situations and just the different ways people live and love. So that brings me to a couple other questions is you keep talking, bringing up the, the word events that, that people can go to events to kind of help, like you say, talk about things or overhear things that they might want to talk about. So would you address what are the events? And then, um, then I'm going to ask another question in regards to what you're talking about, about being cheated on yourself and yeah. the question that was brought in for the interview. For sure. Um, so the events range from, everything you can imagine. There's either on-site where sex can occur or off-site where it's more of a meet and greet or a gathering and the community gathers, but play is not an option. And then there's private parties and the scope of that typically, I don't even know if it's typical because there's these sectors of focus in the types of sex. So perhaps it'd be a bit more 50 shades of gray. Maybe it's just a bit more um, generic with less, accessories all day (laughs) and there's everything in between and so there really does come down to the niche desires of what people are looking to achieve I know we talked last time about the dressing up a lot of it is theme-based a lot of it is playful and a lot of it required not requires but there's an invitation um, to dress sexy or be in lingerie or um, not just wear a sexy outfit at Halloween but now there's like a toga theme, right? So it's a gathering, maybe it's a birthday, and now there's like a fun, playful, like, I don't know, pick a theme. I mean, I've seen them all in, in my years, right? But Right, so is this, is this kind of a way for people to start learning how to express their, I don't know maybe you can help me out with that. Um, but it's express period, because sexuality is so taboo and it's so hidden from our culture that this is just multi-level opportunity to feel alive and tap into our sexuality and play at your own level there's never ever a need in my opinion to go anywhere where you're highly encouraged to do anything it's a great invitational opportunity at an event. Hey, this is a possibility. If you want to go upstairs, there are bedrooms. If you want to go down the hall, there's a dungeon. But there's also this great space just to socialize and interact and see if there's a connection to anything or anyone, or if you're even inspired. If you're triggered, you're welcome to leave. Whatever you need and want, feel it out at your own pace. Very cool. I appreciate you um, shedding some light on that. And that really there, depending on where you're at, you talk about pockets and all these different places that it's going to be different wherever you go. Absolutely. You can really find whatever you're looking for. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. So let's go back to the, (coughs) excuse me, 
the question that came in about, so my dad cheated on my mom. It was devastating. It hurt the whole family. How is swinging different than cheating? And how does it not feel like betrayal? Yeah, it can at times. It can if you haven't checked in for your own balance. Like you really have to check in with your own balance and be able to communicate that and say, you know what, I need to take a pause here. I need to take a break here. I need to reflect and go see there's some feelings coming up for me. I'm not comfortable to move ahead. And everybody at every time is invited to do that. Not everyone feels comfortable doing that. But for me personally in life and in this play fun space that I've generated, I can only be in environments where I'm respected enough to choose moment to moment. And I wouldn't expect anything from anyone else because that's being human. And it is devastating when you have something occur that is dead against all your core values. And I think that a few years ago when Ashley Madison got hacked and all of this mass population of people that had been cheating on their spouses and attached to this community of, I would call it deceit and deception, it killed me to know that these people didn't have the tools to say to their partner, can we find a bridge? Can we talk about what's in your world and where you're at? Because I have some things I'd like to share and whether or not you're willing at this time to join me in any activity outside your comfort zone, I'd like to move towards gaining more connection with you. And I think that's what's possible. So what I'm hearing you say from the lines is it's about communication. Yeah. And, and really learning to delve into how you feel, like what your emotions and thoughts and feelings are, knowing what those are, and then being able to communicate them with your spouse, significant other, whoever your primary partner is, and yeah. then finding a way to say, this is something that I would like to do and going from there. And that communication is kind of that bridge between successful lifestyling and having it feel like a trip. Yeah. And I think there's so many pieces in there. For me, it's an example of leadership. So when you can see somebody who's leading you through something that's really scary and you don't know how you're going to do it yourself, and yet you can visualize and see the example, it's easier. For me, I didn't understand how women could be comfortable in lingerie in public. Like I had just had my second child. I was like mind blown until I saw people loving the skin they were in, in the moment they were in. Not waiting for a different moment or a different size. Just now here I am and I feel freaking fabulous. So for me, I rode that for a really long time because that was enough for me to tap in in that world, gain that awareness, come away and love myself more, Mm -hmm. whether or not I did anything. It's not even necessary that you have to be doing what they're doing, but to realize that you can have that same love for yourself in your own private space and put on a lingerie or be with your significant other in that. And some people are happy just attending events and flirting and they feel attractive and they feel hit on and your partner cannot say those things and have that impact. It has to sometimes come from an outside source and you go at the space and the level that works for you and your partner. And sometimes coming away and doing nothing at an event is enough magic to fuel and spark immense changes and transformation. It's, it's pretty incredible the amount of layers that are involved in this. The more I get to know you and we, and we talk about this particular topic, it's fascinating to me. Just like lots of things, there are layers and so much to really understand if we're willing to understand it. And 
And again, I just want to say thank you for being willing to to talk about it because I know it's tough. One thing you and I talked about was giving each other basically the permission through our own bravery to be brave and to share. And so I just want to make that clear to our listener today that this is not the easiest thing to talk about and to be vulnerable in these kinds of ways. And just a huge thank you to Cindy for stepping into that vulnerable space so that you can understand a little bit more about the lifestyle and it's all of its different layers. Yeah, you're welcome. Also, just a quick reminder that this is about no agendas, no propaganda. It is simply an opportunity for you to get to know a stranger, to check in with your belief systems or the judgments that you hold for others, and to just get some information from someone who's living it through their eyes and their experience inside of a different community than you may be experiencing, and to just gain some information. Like, that's all this is about. And if you have questions or something that you've considered, my hope would be that we can get you some safe places to get honest answers and good information and a community that can support you in what it is you want to do. Just wanted to reemphasize, like, really what the intent of our conversation today is. Let's move on to another question. Okay. Does it feel like polygamy? And how do you not compare yourself to your partner's other women? Yeah. So two questions. Well, it is two questions. And I think that, again, it comes back to everyone choosing what works for them. And I can't say that I would choose many things around me that I see. I choose what I choose based on the examples that come forth. And when I see it as an inspiration, I try it on like a jacket. I take it off if it doesn't feel right. Sometimes it doesn't even Try it on. Try it on. Could that work for me? What would that look like? Do I have to like really give it more thought than action? Yeah, at this time there's no action that I can take because I'm still in thought or or it's a hell no. <laughs> right. right. And that's that. And I have a whole program that I have created and not launched yet. More courageous requirements on that one. Awesome. We'll um, talk about that later. It's steps, step-by-step connection with your partner. So you identify what it is that you want to bring to the table because that even that first step is quite hard for many of us. If you're not in practice and you don't even know how to say the words because you've never actually had the space to say something turns me on here and I'd like to say it out loud. Right. Because even that's huge. I agree. I have, as you're talking, I'm like, Oh, I actually totally speaking to me. Like even in my own life, how I was raised with what sex was, what it is, what it shouldn't be. And it took me a long time to really oh, be, it is. to be like, okay, this is something that's exciting for me, or this is something that turns me out. And then to be able to vocalize it without shame and just realize like, this is a part of the beautiful person that I am. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. And for me, it's almost backtracking and finding the baby steps in between that I forgot to acknowledge. So I often now have an opportunity to say these tiny little minuscule, like the flirting, You know, like simple thinking about the dressing up, not even the dressing up, just the thought that I plug into my week around, okay, I'm preparing for something. What does that look like? All of that is pieces of the excitement that often get overlooked or sped through and not savored. So many things. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that being present in the present moment. Yeah. And and really noticing all the yummy stuff right there that helps bring about that end result. Well, and the debriefing after, and then the savoring, long after anything has gone down. I love 
it's incredible. I don't know what the second part was of that question after the polygamy. Yeah, it was, um, how do you not compare yourself to your partner's other women? You do. <laughs> You're human. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Most people are just as human as you and I. If you have any thoughts or feelings around other people versus you, you're going to have those anywhere you go. <laughs> right. It, it's just how it goes down. And yeah, that it's just something that occurs. Jealousy is very real. It's a human emotion that is not non-existent. But so, how you handle it is how you handle it. Okay. Maybe that kind of leads us back to one of our original questions is if you're feeling that way, the jealousy of, you know, the other people involved in the, in the experience here is how does that then become beneficial and benefit you or your partner? Partners. It doesn't. So if that is coming up for people, um, that needs to be addressed. Okay. It's an opportunity to look at, okay, I'm not feeling hundred percent. We can't move ahead. We just need to pause here for a moment and we need to connect because it's almost always from disconnect, either from yourself, maybe there's not been enough honesty to say and speak up and even within our own minds, be able to say, I don't think I feel enough right now for myself, let alone my partner. And that's a very, very human, if anyone connects with Brene Brown, it is a very human trait. Right. It is there almost always, you almost have to check it in on the hour, every hour. <laughs> I am enough, I am still enough. <laughs> There it is again. I thought I wasn't, and I am still enough. I love yeah. that. I'm enough. Yeah. I'm enough. I'm still enough. We love Brene around here. Okay, so if you're checking in, I really appreciate you the honesty with which you're answering these questions and, and bringing the humanity into this. Like, we're all human. These are real emotions, and we struggle with these things. And even though we are in agreement to what's going on, there may be moments where I'm out of alignment with myself, and it's not working when that happens and you're having that communication, I would imagine that there's times when one of the partners is just like, uh, okay, whatever. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah. Within a, within the bounds of safety, I guess, maybe, I don't know if that's the right word and, and yeah. feel free to correct me on that. I would definitely deem it mental safety because there's no one I believe on this planet that should be doing anything against their will. And again, they won't even maybe deem it against their will. They may just be on autopilot and going through the motions. But that to me is not a lit up moment where humans are meant to reside, period. And so in, in my view, I think that, um, I mean, ideally everybody would be checked in present and fully conscientious and choosing moment to moment. I am fully aware as well that most people don't operate that way. They go to their job, they do their tasks, they're in their chore mode, right? And people just do what they do, what they do, what they do. And what I like to bring as conversation to is that will never feel good to any other human that you bump up against, period. We got to stop that as a humanity. We got to stop that. In everything we do, we better be present if we want to be effective and we want to spark and create aliveness with those around us. There's just a humdrum, lame expression of like, why, why would we do it then, right? right. I think so the key is passion. <laughs> and without that. <laughs> passion. And really, we, get, we, we really need that for everything that we do or it becomes monotonous and we're just going through everyday, yeah. you know, mundane. Yeah. yeah. So just a couple like less, uh, maybe less weighty questions because we got a lot of juicy ones still. Mm-hmm. How can people who feel fairly ignorant of this be more accepting? Well, they don't have to be. They can choose to view 
life the way they choose to view life. They can live however they choose to live. I respect that. I just ask that they don't shut others down in the way that they choose to live because I know this is not an easy path for anyone to choose, myself included. I happen to be a bit more out there. (laughs) So I have a lot of opportunity to be hit with the resistance and people that don't agree. But at the end of the day, we've all been faced with that and that stings. Yeah. So keep it to yourself, live your life, love your life, and please just enjoy the way you've chosen. Right. Well, yeah. and for me, I, I hear, as I'm hearing you answer that, like in my own head and through my own experience of coming through the, the lens of being gay and the experience of being gay is it's okay if you don't agree, but don't put me down because you don't agree or it doesn't fit your belief system or because for a long time it didn't fit my belief system. Me too. For a long time, I grappled with it. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like I would be faced with opposition and I would try that on. Right. And I would be really conflicted and confused and deem myself a lesser human. And, you know, I really grappled with that for a long time until I got really clear on my why. Agreed. Like going through that whole feeling like a second class citizen. And it's given me a whole new view, which I'm so extremely grateful for. But I still just say to people, you know, and and if you're listening today, it's okay to not agree. But that doesn't mean that you have to continue to push your beliefs on someone else or to make them less than. Get to know them. Ask the questions. Okay, so there was a second part to that question that she asked was, I wrote on here, ask this one last, but I'm going to ask it now. What (laughs) would you like people to know as far as being more accepting or understanding or do we need to defer this one to the very end? No, I think it's great now. I personally don't need anyone to know anything. Like, I really don't. Everyone is free to choose. And they will only choose what they allow in. But if you're wanting to allow in expansion, you'll have an opportunity to connect better with your partner, with everyone you're in a relationship with. So you'll be able to bridge things a little easier. I yeah. To bridge things a little easier. Yeah. And I really appreciate, again, that you're bringing up the... You don't have to know anything, but if you want to know, then... My brain, I'm here. <laughs> That's right. I love it. So kind of leading to that, we talked about a little bit of the struggles and the feeling of jealousy. Somebody wrote in, what are some of the struggles you face? Mm, a lot. Because I am human. And so I'll be going along tickety-boo, and then all of a sudden I'll have a body image moment <laughs> where I don't feel like I could feel right? It's not a should, it's a could. Right. And just actually prior to this, James and I were texting back and forth, my husband, and um, I just, I shot out um, a question and he posed it as a distrust piece. And I said, no, I'm committed to being completely open and sharing. If there's something I have a question around, I'm going to ask the question so it doesn't fester. Right. Right. And Again, everything can be misconstrued over text. It could have been a phone call and smoothed over in 30 seconds. And love you clarify that. Thank you. Yeah. And that's that. He's sitting over there, you know, absorbing through his filter of what he sees and what he's absorbed in. And it wasn't clear. And I was simply stating, hey, so that popped into my mind. Can I just check in? Am I going to make an assumption or am I going to get clear? One of the two. I love that you say that. Am I going to make an assumption? Am I going to get clear? stating that you have a choice and it's all yours. Right. And the thing is, is that it's always in me in the way that I feel. 
It's not on anyone to do anything differently. It's for me to get clear on the meaning I've made up and what I'm trying to be right about. So if I want to feel less than and not good enough, I can find reasons. I can show up to events and I can size people up versus me, them. I can decide, you know, all of the things that I didn't do to prepare myself for that moment. And I can take ownership on that. So true. I love I love that statement where you said, this is one of the things that I think about often, especially when I find myself wanting to be a little bit combative or defensive, like I have to be right. It's what am I trying to be right about? And We're always proving a point. Right? And why would I rather not just be happy? Well, we'll find the evidence. It's not even there, but we can find it. Or create it. So if we decide that our partner is not being transparent with us, we're going to read between the lines and find that they're not being transparent with us. Right. You simply say, can I just really have a conversation and gain connection with you? Because I feel like I've disconnected. And rather than leave that space and maybe add to it, I'd rather step forward into it. And really what you're saying applies to all relationships, whether, you know, you're in a, a, tr- a traditional monogamous marriage or you're in a sex marriage, if you're in just a relationship with another person, even a friendship, just being able to communicate and say, hey, there's this, there's this thing. And I, did you I, mean I, this? Because this is what I made it mean. Yeah. That is the number one conversation to have is. When you said X, I interpreted it as Y. Can I can I check in? Was that <laughs> was that what you meant? Right? And uh, if we do, and this is the thing, we go through our day, we make assumptions all day, every day. And they often don't leave us feeling empowered and alive. Amen. So yeah. just a quick reminder, the, the person who's listening to us today, like check in with yourself and notice what assumptions you're making. And one, how do you feel? How are they making you feel? Are they true? And what are you willing to do about them? Would you rather well, be, happy or be happy? And the thing is, I believe most of us were taught growing up that your partner is supposed to make you happy. But the thing is, your partner can never make you happy if you're not full. And especially in the lifestyle, I've discovered that those who radiate and feel fantastic, and this shows up for me in a lot of people that are, I would not say swimsuit perfect. And they're rocking their like skin they're in and they're, really owning who they are in that moment, there's a radiance that leaves me in awe. Right. And here most of us are in the skin that we're in, judging and, you know, feeling less than, hoping that other people will fill this vast crevice that we don't know how we're going to fill because there's not a lot of leaders on our planet showing us self-love like that. They're there, but we often can't connect with them because we're, our story is I'm not good enough. So right. when those people come in, we're like, okay, no, I don't know how she can love herself so much. I can't have her in my world. I'd like you you say that. We've got to be able to raise our energy and our own self-worth enough that we can, when they do enter, we can go, oh, there's somebody I can connect with and start bringing more of that into our experience and our existence. But having that curiosity in the beginning of like, how could she love herself? I want to love myself like her. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, you hit it right on the head. When you see somebody like that, you're just like, oh my gosh, I want what a piece of that. that. And where do I get some? <laughs> yes. Can you teach me your ways? Because I want to know how to do that. And when they say, I just love me. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, what? Like, I don't. I don't <laughs> but you brought up another point too that I just wanted to address really quickly of, 
when we come to a couple or a partnership, it's not a half coming together with a half, hopefully a whole coming together with a whole. And those of you, you can't see it, but I'm totally making all kinds of hand gestures here. I'm cracking myself. <laughs> um, there's a book by, uh, there's two books actually by Shel Silverstein. And one of them's called The Big O. And the other one is called The Big O Meets. It's slipping my mind. But it's talking about the very thing you're talking about is that it's not our job to find people who complete us. It's our job to be whole in ourselves and to find other whole people who can then roll with us. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is a lot about the, the lifestyle and is that it's a lot about communication, knowing yourself and finding another person who knows themselves or is in the process of learning that and then learning those things together. Yeah. Or hopefully finding a tribe of people that you have a varying degree of needs that are met from different people. And I think for me, that's one of the biggest benefits is I get to be really real with many people. It doesn't mean I'm having sex with everyone. It means that I have full transparency with many people and I'm okay to have that because it doesn't threaten my partner right. and vice versa. And I think there's, it really does, if we look historically, come back to all of our needs and tribes and connecting on levels that we just don't connect typically now. And I think that it's it's juicy and delicious and needed Amen. for that. Amen, sister, <laughs> with, with some exclamation points. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got a lot of juicy questions here. Speaking of juicy. Okay, how about this one? What if you like your swinging partners better than your husband? Does that ever yeah. cause problems? Well, for sure. Good question. Because there's probably pieces of every individual that your partner doesn't have. Okay. And if again, you're solid in who you are, that's not a problem. Your partner can find something else in another individual. Guess what? If they're a businessman at work and they have a secretary, that secretary is doing things for them that you're not ever wanting to do. Right. And it, it's only natural that we find multiple people to meet multiple needs. Now, this is a little weird if you find that in the sexual realm, right. but it actually occurs everywhere if we think about it. So it's defining the parts that you're willing to be open and share and the parts that you want to provide solely. Well, and as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about my relationship with my wife. And when I very first had that relationship, you know, I was coming out of hurt. I was owning my sexuality. I was feeling like I had become a second class citizen. I, I, you know, I didn't know if my religion was going to be okay with me, if I could get a job. And, and I, I was healing, but I still had all of these holes that needed filled. And I, it took me a while to realize that I was wanting her to fill all of those holes and that it was too much and it was too much on our relationship. And the wise thing was for me to say, what is it that you can yeah. And I want to talk about and where it's going to be a better place for me to go and have this particular conversation and be seen and be heard and get the answers or just be able to share without judgment or weightiness and my partner feeling like that to answer things for me. So I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Yeah. And I think it is human. Again, bringing it back to the jealousy piece, there are wavering moments when it works and wavering moments when it doesn't. People go in and out of monogamy in the lifestyle. It's healthy and it's preservation. It's finding what works when you need it, period. Gotcha. And advocating for your own needs. I love it. So that kind of leads to the next question, is advocating for your own needs is, 
do you date your swinging partners or is it purely for sex? So that's a great question because it does come down to the individual. Everybody has varying degrees of what works for them. And everybody has varying degrees of acceptability, I'll call it. So there are situations that I've heard of where people won't even kiss on the mouth. Like that's deemed sacred and off the table. And others have, um, you need to contact my partner, not me directly. So it, it really does come down to having a conversation with other people and saying, what are your yeses and what are your noes? And that's it. I love it. Now, I know that you host a podcast, and we didn't really talk about this beforehand, but if that's something that you feel comfortable sharing, we'll make sure that people know how to get a hold of that. I do know that as I peeked through them, you do have a, a podcast on saying no and how to receive a no. So I appreciate like that that's a real thing and that you're willing to educate people on that as well. And leaving the people empowered that you say no to. Oh, I love that. And leaving yeah. the people empowered. Like you're not just turning them down, but you're, there's a boundary and you're honoring yourself. Actually honoring them too, because people need to know yes or no. You need to be clear in whether or not you're able to assist or not at this moment in their need. And again, something that isn't just for people practicing the lifestyle. This is something that's important for all of us. In a relationship with yourself or others. Absolutely. Is knowing how to say no, honoring yourself and the other person and yeah. moving in the power. Oh, I love it. Let's see if you, okay, this is, this is kind of a funny question. And uh, I know when I asked it to you earlier, it lit you up. So let's talk about this one. If you see other swingers in public, do you acknowledge the relationship or is it like a secret society where the first rule of the fight club is you don't talk about the fight club? I love this question. It's so fantastic because everybody's different, right? And varying degrees. I mean, we've vacationed with our lifestyle friends, with our children. We have spent holidays and everything's like, we're very clear on what's appropriate and when. And in my community, I'm known because I'm out there. Right. So people will often recognize me and I won't recognize them. Uh, And I now just say, I will not. Like, I'll be pleasant and smile from across the grocery store, but I personally am never the one that's like, hey, I wait for them. You know, I make myself body language open, but I leave it completely up to the other people, mainly because I don't know. Everyone is different. Everyone is at a varying degree of comfortability it is a secret society most people will not raise their hand and identify with this community loud and proud right there's a lot of stigma around that and it's just the way it is i get it uh do i agree with it i i don't know that i agree with it It, it's a bummer that we i i I wish sometimes for myself that i had been been raised and trained in understanding sexuality and, and what sex really is and what it can be and the beauty of it and, and some of those aspects for myself. I don't I don't wander around and just say, hey, hey, my gay friend, or I'm gay too. You know, I, it's, it's just not like that. So I would assume it's very similar. And But it's confusing as well because it's people I know. Right. So when I know people I know out in public, I have to quickly go through my Rolodex in my mind, like, where do I know them from? Where do I know them from? Where, You know, like, is there a moment where, yeah, I'm always on edge because I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. 
And a few years ago, there was a big convention that we were part of and we brought our business and we spoke from the stage and we had a whole lounge where our members could come and um, we lost some friends Mm -hmm. over being that bold. And they were very concerned about how we would ruin our children's lives if we became heads of this community. And that's never left me. I've always had that in the back of my mind as I'm a little ashamed when I see myself through their eyes because it is a bold, courageous act. It's not easy. And I know I'm making a world of difference for many people by speaking out and it's still, it still scares me. Sure. Right. So I know the repercussions and how judgment occurs. James and I had been invited at the beginning of this summer to speak on a stage and it's a remarkable, I, everything about this organization speaks to me. I would say 99% of our belief systems overlap. And they found out that we were in the lifestyle and two days before the event that we were bringing a whole bunch of people to, they decided we were not a fit to be on their stage. It wasn't the first time, obviously, but it was the biggest time that we were so public about being disappointed and kind of shunned really. And their entire, their entire like, marketing campaign is around acceptability and bringing everybody in and the belief system doesn't matter and your orientation doesn't matter and all I wrote back was you know I was willing to overlook our differences and you only saw ours and for that I'm disappointed because you're stating to be very accepting and you need to acknowledge that you're not (laughs) like that is it right yeah you're speaking to one of my one of the fears that I had, and sometimes I still have, is that uh, you know when people know or find out, like, are they going to want to listen to my podcast? Are they going to want to have me speak on their stages? You know, could I keep a job? So I I have an understanding of that, and it doesn't feel very good. No. And and again, we're not asking the listener to participate in lifestyle. We're not asking that at all. This is simply about learning about people and being willing to open your hearts and minds to different thoughts and ideas and even maybe even your own sexuality not in a way of hey come and participate but in a way that you just want to understand yourself better and I like that part of what you're saying about the community is it's given you and other people an opportunity to really know yourselves better both in a sexual way and just in a personal way yeah and in different relationships so an opportunity for discovery absolutely and and i would love to have you on a stage and someday we'll have it yeah okay a couple of the questions really quickly that that are here that maybe we can touch on is it a swap like other couples and you guys i know that's a question that i had and yeah it's totally unique to the situation there's a lot of couples where one of the parties may be bi Possibly both the parties are bi. Maybe neither of them are bisexual. (laughs) So there's so many factors. When you think of a puzzle piece fitting together, it's that. There's a million pieces, and it takes discovering what other people are into and what they're wanting to experience and create, and then bringing your desires to the table to see if you're a match. Some people will only play with singles. Some people are single, looking for multiple people. So it really does come down to getting clear on what you want so that you know how to match to others. 
Okay, so getting clear on that, but and you talked about this just triggered another question that that's in here about sexually transmitted diseases. You know, yeah. you about single people wanting to just be with a lot of people. Like, how how is that addressed within the community? I would say it's safer, definitely hands down safer within a confined community, because nobody wants to be that person. Hi, I was reckless and I didn't check myself, and oops, sorry. Whereas if you're kind of on the bar scene and you're one-offing and you know, on a rampage of hooking up with people outside of a community, you can do whatever you want because there's no accountability. Okay, so maybe that leads us to to the next question is the difference between swinging or being in a community and an open relationship. Yeah, I would deem open relationship more, more open to dating and having relationships outside of sex and each partner playing alone. So that, again, you'd have to check in to make sure that that was the parameters of the people that use that term and that's how that lands on them. Because most people, I would say, don't play alone and deem it a team sport. They're in it together. They're meant to bond together. They don't sort of do their own things separately. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So many things. I'm looking through this list of questions here. I I actually think we, we have touched on all of them. So having that be said, like, do you have anything else or last thoughts or comments about you, about the community or things that you would, would just like us to know or, or about our intention of this podcast? Yeah, it is the intention. That's exactly what I'm feeling compelled to bring to the table is my hope is people will recognize there's more depth to their sexuality than they maybe thought of prior. It's okay. <laughs> right. And, and that can feel scary for for myself. Like that was, it, sometimes it still feels scary, although a lot less than it did. And and the person listening to us today, we just want to acknowledge like, that could feel scary. And it could feel scary. We're not trained in this. Right? We don't have a whole lot of leaders that showed and guided us through sexuality and how to make it work. Right. We are kind of flying blind, and we are working with another individual that has gone through a journey that we have real no understanding about in the things they made up around sexuality. And so you're bumping up against other people and other views and it's scary for everyone to talk about everyone, no matter where they are in their journey. It's scared. It's a very scary thing to talk about because it's not the norm to talk about it. So that would be my final piece of sharing because it seems like I'm comfortable. I am more comfortable with your listening audience because I think they're pretty far away. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and, and they're not going to see your face at this point, and I can understand. And I appreciate you, again, being willing to, to share. And she, you guys, she's been drinking her tea, so I know I can tell you she, there are some nerves going on here. And, and <laughs> even for myself, the audience is getting bigger. And yeah. I would hope that this would be something that you would feel comfortable sharing with your audiences. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't always know who my audience is either, other than my intention and the thing that I put out there is that we will bring people to us who are wanting to bring the world together. And instead of being, you know, a, a human race or a competition, that we become a family, that people who are really wanting to understand humanity in a, in a bigger way and hear people's stories of triumph and, and where they've taken that. And some people are, are, 
are not in these grand spaces after they've had had some challenges and just hearing how they're still choosing to live their life in a way that's vulnerable, mm -hmm. um, courageous, out there just living in a way that they can contribute and be authentic to themselves. And I think that's the key piece is contribution because we always feel better when we can give and we don't always know why we can't. Yeah. And when we recognize that we haven't filled our own bucket first, yeah. that's usually the stepping stone. And when we feel abundant, then it just oozes over the top and we have no problem giving to others. We have no problem speaking up. We have no problem being bold. Vulnerability is always, you know, <laughs> always a trigger. But I mean, it's a lot easier when we've, put things into place and come from wholeness. Totally. Yeah. So I just I just want to say thank you for helping me be at ease and having what feels like a vulnerable conversation because it actually hasn't felt that vulnerable. Talking about a, a subject that, like I said, a few years ago, there's no way in hell I would have had this conversation with you. That's not even a fair statement. I don't know that I would have had as open a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. Really really wanting to understand because um, I've always been uh, a supporter of the underdog or people who are different but as I have put myself out there more and more and met people from different parts of the world and and practicing different things I've really had to bump up against my own judgments and the things that I didn't realize were there for me and so this has been a beautiful thing for me to open my mind and my heart and uh, it actually makes it a little bit emotional to just be able to like put that out there and say, you know, this is me and this is you. And together, our differences help make the world so much better. And so thank you for creating a safe space for me to ask the questions. And thank you to those who, who felt safe enough to ask the questions. Uh, it helped make our podcast so much better today rather than you and I trying to make them up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. <sighs> I waver in and out of when I can be courageous. Right. And so do I. Yeah. And I thank you for the stage to invite me to to tap back into that. We all have it in us, but we forget sometimes. So yeah, thank most, you. You're most welcome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this may not be the last time we see Cindy. I, I kind of have a feeling that uh, she's got a program she said that she hasn't quite put out there yet. And <laughs> I'm going to keep in contact with her. This is Cindy's one of those souls that when I met her in that initial conversation, I was like, we're going to be friends. There's just something mm -hmm. in that connection. And so thank you for that as well. And we'll make sure that we keep you as the listener posted on the programs that she has out and making sure that we get that information into your hands if you want it. You know, if you've liked any part of our podcast today, if you feel like you've been enlightened or you know someone who, who could use or looking for this information to know someone else better, especially those in the lifestyle or the screen of communities, please share this with just two people. Two people can make a huge difference. And if you liked it even more, then feel free to contribute so that we can continue to bring you more amazing stories and other great content and people. We're just going to leave it like we always do and say thank you. And you got to believe in yourself. Come on,